Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hour number two of our broadcast, you heard the uh, last part of the broadcast where we shared a little bit of audio from the president and a little unfortunate reference there. You know, and again, I wonder, is there going to be anybody out there saying we need an apology here? Just curious about that. This is (laughs) one of the texts we receive here. This guy's saying, Vince, you're talking about the same guy who, when he was a presidential candidate, said the people who don't vote for him are not black? That guy? Has he faced any criticism or backlash for those outlandish comments? Further proof, if you have the deed beside your name, you are royalty and cannot be touched. That is from Jeff. Yeah. This is how it works. It's very, the outrage is very selective, isn't it? Oh, my God. God, I'm so tired of this nitpicking. Can you find some more interesting material? (laughs) That's what this texter says. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Joe Biden is a cheat. He's a serial plagiarist. Biden is a career criminal and corruptocrat. An incorrigible warmonger. Videos on the Internet prove him to be a pedophile. And now today, Joe, <laughs> goodness, oh my goodness. On the financial issues we touched on, the Great Depression was the medicine needed to get people back to living within their means. We're not willing to do this. And therefore, we'll print money until we finally realize There's nothing there more than faith. Yeah. When people stop accepting our funny money. Until then, keep those printing presses rolling. (laughs) It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Absolutely no end to it from what we are able to see. This person says, we can think, yes, an apology is in order. All we want, it will not happen, this texture said. Yeah, of course not. Do not hold your breath. When are black people going to wake up to this Democrat party? Biden tells us, if we don't vote Democrat, we ain't black. Now this boy comment? But yet he'll continue running to us in 2024, telling us how racist Republicans are and wanting our vote. Yep. 
Vince, the word apologize, not in the Democrats' vocabulary. But if they do say I'm sorry, it'll be something like, I'm sorry you feel that way. Oh, don't you hate that? Oh, that that's the worst. I'm sorry you feel that way. Oh, I'm so sorry you were offended. Not actually apologizing for what they said. That's how it works. This, this texture's saying, poor old Joe. That boy just don't realize what he's saying half the time. <laughs> no, he doesn't. You know, it, it reminds me of something back in my days as a news reporter. I remember one of the early stories I did, and this is at, and interestingly enough, my very first TV job, which was at WLEX in Lexington, Kentucky. And we had this former governor who was on the board of, was it UK? I think it was, yeah, I think of the University of Kentucky. And he made some comments. I, I forgot what they were. I don't even remember specifically what they were. And boy, did it really stir up all kinds of racial strife. People were calling for his resignation, and it, it was pretty ugly. But you know what's really interesting? Um, that was one of my first experiences as a news reporter covering a story like that. And I think I remember getting an interview with him, and I met his son. I think a son or grandson. I think it was his son. Uh, ben Chandler was his name. And I I really enjoyed meeting Ben because I got the sense that uh, in the conversation with him, he was prov providing some perspective. And I think in so many words, if I remember correctly, he was kind of suggesting his dad was getting senile. He was not there to excuse, you know, what his dad was saying. We said, you know, just back during that time when he was growing up, there were just certain things that you said that were okay, thought to be okay anyway, but you certainly don't say those things now. And that encounter, really, to be honest with you, it really humanized this for me. And I, I think it helped to temper some of my, what might have been reactionary instincts to go along with the media mob and to pile on this guy. But again, I also came away thinking, you know, if this guy is that un, uh, unhinged from reality, perhaps losing his grip, he probably should resign just to uh, not even so much because of it's inflammatory, but, you know, he, he needs, you know, and I'm saying the same thing of Joe Biden. I'm just saying. <laughs> this texture. Racism, racism. Beat that dead horse. Does everyone know? There were a thousand black slave owners in the country sick of hearing about it. Oh, so this is... Oh, my gosh. Don't get me started on this. So now we're going to defend black... We're going to defend slavery on the grounds that black people were slave owners. Come on. Surely you know better than that. Please tell me you are not that um, ignorant. Can I use that word? I, I think that would be the nicest way to describe it. By the way, a developing story right now. And if we learn more about this during the broadcast, we will certainly bring it to you. A judge has released parts of 
of a Georgia grand jury report on the 2020 election interference by President Donald Trump and his allies. Fulton County Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney released the report's introduction and conclusion, as well as the section where the grand jury expressed concern that some witnesses may have lied under oath during their testimony. Hmm, that sounds interesting. So parts of this have been released. The panel's recommendations on potential charges is going to remain secret. Now, the judge ordered the release of the report's introduction and conclusion, as well as a section where the grand jury expressed concern some witnesses may have lied under oath during their testimony. In ordering the report's partial release, McBurney said grand jurors did not identify any of those witnesses, allowing for that section of the report to be released publicly. The rest of the panel's findings will remain sealed, including what McBurney described as a roster of who should or should not be indicted and for what in relation to the conduct and aftermath of the 2020 general election in Georgia. This is interesting stuff. We're going to talk more about this as I get a closer look at what is in this story. We'll pick it up as we continue right here. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. We are back on Vince Coakley Radio Program with some breaking news. And here is that breaking news. And we told you in advance this was going to be the day there would be a release of grand jury information, the investigation in Georgia about election processes. Now, I'm just going to read a couple of portions of what has been released today and do with it what you like. So this is from the Superior Court of Fulton County in Georgia. And I'm just going to read the portions of this that are relevant to what we're interested in finding out today. 
So this grand jury was selected May 2nd, 2022, heard evidence first June 1st of 2022, continued to hear evidence, received information into December 2022. The grand jury received evidence from or involving 75 witnesses during the course of the investigation, the overwhelming majority of which information was delivered in person under oath. The grand jury also received information in the form of investigator testimony and various forms of digital and physical media. Now, following is the final report of the special purpose grand jury. We set forth for the court our recommendations on indictments and relevant statutes, including the votes by the grand jurors. All right. The grand jury heard extensive testimony on the subjects of alleged election fraud from poll workers, investigators, technical experts, and state of Georgia employees and officials, as well as from persons still claiming that such fraud took place. We find by unanimous vote that no widespread fraud took place in the Georgia 2020 presidential election that could result in overturning that election. Here's the next part of this. A majority of the grand jury believes that perjury may have been committed by one or more witnesses testifying before it. The grand jury recommends that the district attorney seek appropriate indictments for such crimes where the evidence is compelling. Hmm. Perjury. So that is the major thing I've extracted here. So two conclusions. One, no widespread fraud in the election. Two, indications that some folks may have committed perjury in their testimony and a recommendation that the DA pursue indictments. Who are they referring to? Hmm. So this is going to be interesting. Very interesting to see what develops from here. What are your thoughts? Do you expect anything will come out of this? Will there be any noteworthy indictments of anyone? Earlier, we talked about Joe Biden and his use of the word boy in reference to the Maryland governor. Let's pick up on the text line here. <laughs> Poor Joe, he can't help it. He was born with an idiot's foot in his mouth. <laughs> oh, gosh. Come on, Vince, I'm not ignorant. There are plenty of black people in this country, such as yourself, that have overcome all that bad, bad white supremacy that keeps black people down. Uh-huh. This person says, you don't know your history. Black landowners did own slaves. What's the point? I, I, I don't quite understand why this person is continuing to beat this horse. Just curious. Are you not tired of black people being used by politicians like expendable pawns in their political games? Yeah, it's pretty annoying. And you're going to hear a new example in just a moment. 
It's a real winner, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this person uh, using the word clown show <laughs> to describe. Oh, uh, goodness. All right, folks. Let me introduce you to Emmanuel Jones. Tell you what's happening, interestingly enough, in the state of Georgia. All right. Georgia State Senate voted 32 to 20 along party lines to create a statue on Capitol grounds dedicated to Justice Clarence Thomas, who is a native of the Peach State. In the lead up to the vote, we had one Senator Emmanuel Jones, who um, had some very derogatory comments about Justice Clarence Thomas. I wish I could say this is new, but it's not. This is so, so tired, so old. But we'll let you hear it for yourself. This is Emmanuel Jones, of course, one who is objecting to any recognition for Clarence Thomas. Listen up. I know it's very, very sensitive to talk about race in this body. But any time that we have a resolution, legislation proposing to place a statue of Clarence Thomas on this grounds, we cannot avoid that conversation. So I'm not going to avoid it either. In the black community, we have uh, an expression, and I don't want to use this label too deeply here because I'm just trying to tell you what we have in the African-American community. When we talk about a person of color that goes back historically to the days of slavery and that person betraying his own community, we have a term in the black community. That term that we use is called uh, Uncle Tom. And Uncle Tom is a, either a fictional or non-fictional character. I don't really know the origin of Uncle Tom, but it talks about a person who back during the days of slavery sold his soul to the slave masters. That's the story, the fictitious of the story of an Uncle Tom. So when we think about a person in the black community who's accomplished but yet policies seek to subvert, some may even say suppress, the achievements and accomplishments of people of color, I couldn't help but to think about that term in expressing my dissatisfaction with this particular legislation. Folks, as I said last year, y'all just don't get it. And I don't expect people of non-color to get the sensitivity that we feel about a person of color whose policies and practices and decisions and votes that we've rallied and fought against. All right. So this is such creative thinking. Clarence Thomas is an Uncle Tom. Well, I have some questions to ask of this state senator. My question who is the real Uncle Tom? And I'll begin that questioning after this break. Stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program. 
And we told you about the breaking news out of Georgia. A special grand jury concluded one or more witnesses in the probe into possible election meddling by former President Donald Trump may have lied under oath and recommended a prosecutor pursue criminal indictments in those cases. Criminal indictments. By the way, the grand jury also said it found no significant fraud in Georgia's 2020 presidential election, which, as you know, was won by Joe Biden. Love to get your thoughts on that and by what we shared before the break. The state senator in Georgia who referred to Clarence Thomas as Uncle Tom. It's kind of funny. The one texture here saying, obviously, obviously, this is a man who has not read Uncle Tom's Cabin. That's where this emanates from. So they're using it, and they don't even know where it came from. This texture says that the senator doesn't accept the person of a black man who's off the ideological plantation. Exactly. That is what's going on here. Just crazy. Vince, I bet this guy would call you an Uncle Tom, too. (laughs) I'm not going to read the rest of this. Uh, It's a little rough. Oh, boy. Vince, notice how this grand jury report, saying there's no evidence of widespread fraud. Not any fraud. Just not enough, in their opinion, to change the results. Hmm. The perjurers lied about changing votes. Ah, okay. Clarence Thomas, Dr. Ben Carson, Herman Cain, Larry Elder, these men became successful in their lives. But these Democrats still hold the thoughts that blacks need to stay in the hood, stay poor, and keep voting Democrat. Sad. It's Brian out of Charlotte. Yep, this is how these folks, I would say, think. But it's really non-thinking. Really sad. This is how they are treated. I have some questions. Some very important questions to ask this state senator. Mr. Emmanuel Jones. Here are those questions. There's quite a rich irony here. You're part of the party joined at the hip with the Ku Klux Klan. I ask you, mister, who is the real Uncle Tom? Who supports ideas that continue to keep blacks trapped in a mindset of hopeless victimology? Who, sir, is the real Uncle Tom? And rather than attacking real issues that keep black people from success, who instead resorts to attacking successful and independent black folks? Who is the real Uncle Tom? Just asking. By the way, we need to give you a heads up on an issue that's going to be big in 2024. It's always big, but it's it's really about all the Democrat Party has, especially considering the strategy of one Joe Biden, which is to make sure he secures the black vote by starting with South Carolina 
They're going to play up this issue of race. I'm a little concerned about what is going to happen with Ron DeSantis. I don't know all the ins and outs of it, of the issue in Florida. I have a general idea. But I'm my sense just from watching this from here. I'm a little concerned that this is going to be an issue the Democrat Party will exploit. Washington Post has this story. Alarmed by DeSantis, black leaders protest and prepare for 2024. They start talking about the Reverend Loman Oliver, a man who marched for civil rights and racial equity across Florida in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, hoping to build a state he viewed as just and equal for black Americans. On Wednesday, long after the 75-year-old considered his marching days over, Oliver was back in front of Florida State Capitol with hundreds of black leaders to deliver a stark warning about the man he believes is setting that progress back. I want people to know, be careful, because if he's doing it to us, he's going to do it to all other minorities. Oliver's pastor emeritus at a predominantly black church in suburban Orlando, referring to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. We're better than what he represents, and I'm talking about the American people. These black activists and political strategists across the country organizing, protesting, preparing to highlight the danger they say he and his anti-woke movement pose to civil rights and to their push to tackle racism as a systemic issue. Some say they're determined not to repeat what they consider a tepid and belated response to former President Donald Trump's rise in 2016 and argue DeSantis's political strategies even more rooted in racial division than Trump's. Isn't this interesting? So we thought Donald Trump was the devil. This <laughs> These black leaders view Florida's recent rejection of an advanced placement African-American history course as part of a pattern of dismissing their community's concerns and enacting policy that threatens their rights. State officials denounced some of the AP curriculum on issues like reparations and the Black Lives Matter movement, calling it woke indoctrination. I think a lot of people are recognizing Donald Trump, yes, was a danger, but now they recognize the way Ron DeSantis has been governing and the way he was able to win two elections in Florida. It's time to sound the alarms. That's from Nina Smith, a Democratic strategist who is black and was a senior advisor to Stacey Abrams' unsuccessful campaign for governor in Georgia last year. Smith calls DeSantis the evolution of Donald Trump, the focal point of Democrats' concern and opposition for so many years. Conservatives say Democrats are overly focused on race and around the country they've opposed certain diversity programs as discriminatory or sought to curb discussions of racism they call excessive or bound to one viewpoint. DeSantis allies who are black defended the governor suggesting opponents are misconstruing his policies. Byron Donalds of Florida, rising star in the GOP. The issue is not his policy. The issue is how the critics choose to politicize policy decisions. He's arguing it's the political left that separates people for their race. 
A spokesman for DeSantis' office, Brian Griffin, noted Florida mandates the teaching of African-American history and said the governor's expanded those requirements, also saying DeSantis has prioritized funding for Florida's historically black colleges and universities and pointed to DeSantis' objections to the AP history course. Now, who would say an important part of black history is queer theory? Yep. You know and I know this is not about black history. This is about propaganda. And good for DeSantis standing up on this issue. Stay with us. Over on the text line, responses to the grand jury basically recommending indictments for people who may have participated in perjury. This texter says, Vince, that grand jury should have watched 2,000 mules. By the way, the other conclusion, no widespread fraud, nothing to the extent that would have changed the outcome of the election. Vince, where's the criminal indictments for those two women in video pulling boxes of ballots out in Fulton County, feeding them through numerous times after they sent everyone home? Vince, there's tons of evidence of fraud, just no proof it favored Biden. I believe it did favor Biden. That texture says... Vince, I think there's compelling evidence of voter fraud in Georgia, Arizona, and other states. They're afraid of the upheaval that would happen if the truth was told. Mm-hmm. And this texter, Donald Trump said we should bring back the firing squad and lynching and putting on national TV. Come on, lynching? Really? I noticed you haven't mentioned that. I'm not going to mention every harebrained, moronic thing somebody talks about. I just don't do that. It's not what we do here. Now, if you are looking for clown fare, you can probably find that somewhere else. Just saying. (laughs) Any case, Christopher, let's take a look at the day in history. How are you doing today? Doing well, Vince. Hope you are. Not bad at all. 1923. This archaeologist, his name is Howard Carter. He uh, had a much more successful incident here opening up this person's tomb as opposed to Geraldo. I think you can figure out who we're referring to. Was it King Tut's tomb? You are absolutely right. Those the are, archaeologist. I only know Al Capone and King Tut. Those are the only tombs. <laughs> yeah. The uh, archaeologist Howard Carter opened King Tut's tomb back in 1923. So, 1937 was a big deal in the, uh, I guess you can say, uh, I don't know what industry you would call this but DuPont did something really significant they patented nylon thread which replaced silk in many products that was a big turn I of guess events. that would be the petrochemical industry maybe maybe that right? yes very much so that's that what would I think have of an DuPont. impact on it. Yeah. yeah 
1952, the FBI arrested 10 members of this racist organization in North Carolina, the most racist organization in the United States. What is that group called? Uh, Smash Mouth? No. Oh, my goodness. What am I going to do with you? Uh, the Ku Klux Klan, I assume. You're absolutely correct. 1959, this guy sworn in as Cuba's leader, and he was a thorn in the side of this country for many years before he kicked the bucket. Who is that Cuban leader? Uh, Fidel Castro. Fidel, absolutely correct. 1965, the year of my birth. Four people held in a plot to bomb the Statue of Liberty, the Washington Monument, and the Liberty Bell. Pretty crazy plot. 1968, the first time that we had three digits to make an emergency call. What are those numbers, Christopher? It's 911. Did we just nine, call the nine, operator before that? Nine one. Yes. Do you remember those days? You know, operator, get me the police. Operator, yeah. I need an ambulance. Operator, operator, operator. It was probably worth designating a phone number for. <laughs> yeah. It probably a good idea. Annoying. You know, and, and now you consider there's no need for operators anymore. It hasn't been for many years. In 1984, Bill Johnson, the first American to win the Olympic gold in skiing. And we also, on this day, uh, I have to mention one name to you to get your quick reaction, Chris, because okay. we're running out of time. Raquel Welch. Uh, it's the first thing that comes to your mind, Chris. Uh, well, the FCC comes to mind when you mention Raquel Welch. <laughs> you know, I, I know that there are guidelines we're supposed to follow, but Raquel Welch was a handsome woman. I'll, I'll say that. Handsome woman. Okay, that's how you characterize her. Okay. Well, I, I know a lot of people in my, uh, certainly the time I was growing up, she was uh, obsession material. Uh, legendary Golden Globe winning actress and bombshell. She passed away at the age of 82. Can you believe that? 82 years old. I thought she was older, but she always seemed very down to earth for someone who was yes. that beautiful. Very yes. you know, um, approachable and, and funny. You know, she was very she much was cool. so. This is the reason why that she had so many loyal fans over the years. First earned fame, 1966, the film Fantastic Voyage. Uh-huh. Her role in that sci-fi film that landed her a lucrative contract with 20th Century Fox, leading to her role in One Million Years B.C., released the same year, saying in 2017 she almost died shooting the British fantasy film had just three lines the entire movie. Her image as Lona in a prehistoric doeskin bikini for the film's poster. That's what put her in the spotlight. And that will be forever immortal. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.